Come one, come all. It's a hurt hour here on the porch. Former SID during the glory years of the Bob Pruitt era, Randy Burnside going to join me. We're going to talk all things about the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, the state of the herd program, and also a little bowl pick him on the backside there with Randy. We know he's the president of the, uh, the group of five, or president of the advancement for the group of five, as I'll tell you. So really great to have Randy on the porch and uh, welcome in. Let's do a herd hour. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee. Feel style in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back. This is the herd hour here on the porch. Let's go. Coach Prime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Coach Prime and Dave Portnoy is paying people $1 million to do a yeah, documentary. Yeah, that's just ridiculously crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? That's I guess that's college football in 2021. Uh-huh. Hey, it's, and I don't know. I, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. But, I mean, you can't blame the kid for taking the money. And honestly, you can't blame Barstool for the story. I mean, I don't blame Portnoy. It's a hell of a it's a hell of a documentary being willing to be written. I mean, it's it sells itself, you know. Yeah. His relationship with Coach Prime and the way they've been playing. The only thing is for me, the kid's going to get no competition. Yeah. How's he going to get better? I mean, is he going to be there for a year and then hit the portal? I mean, probably. That's the thing with the portal, dude. Man. It's a joke. Yeah. Like, people were talking to me, like, why did Marshall recruit four running backs? Well, heck, you can't have too many of anything with a portal. I mean, they can all leave at any time, you know? Oh. Marshall's got three more quarterbacks. Well, they need three quarterbacks. Because they can leave at any time. <laughs> <laughs> they can. I mean. Say Grant Wells doesn't pop out after, you know, Saturday. You don't know. Oh, man. Well, we've got Ali. Why would they go get running backs? Well, how do you know you're going to have Ali oh, after Saturday? Yeah, you think Ali's not. Up at Ohio State. Shoot. What are you going to do? Why? Maybe you've, maybe you've been the one keep saying me he's going to end up at Ohio State. Maybe I've just heard that from a few more people. I'm like, eh. I'm just saying. He is from Cleveland, correct? I'm Cleveland. That's yeah. why people are saying that. Yeah. But I hope not. You just don't know. Well. There's well, no loyalty in any of this. No. I mean, did you see the report where Huff supposedly interviewed a dude? I did see that. I mean, whatever. Good Lord, trying to. I mean, I but here's the thing, Randy. Um, at least in my opinion about that about that situation with 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 him interviewing at Duke. Good, uh-huh. good, good for it's good for Marshall that they have a coach that people want. But and like he said, the timing was not correct, and it wasn't. But he knows Marshall's a better job than Duke in football. He, he didn't get offered that job. No. He didn't turn it down. That's yeah, bullcrap. Everybody knows it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's so much saying that he didn't that. get that he got offered it, you know what I mean? But it's like he ain't taking that, you know. No. Well I mean heck, you know, like the funny thing is like Duke why didn't Duke give a old coach Caldwell a call? You know what I mean? Down the road. I mean he's the guy who should be getting offers, not Huff. Granted, he's under contract for a lot more and has been there for a while, but, I mean, come on. I don't know. Like, yeah. And like you said, though, the portal is the portal is a an, it's intriguing, but, it man, it, it'll give us, but it'll take us away, too. I mean, I... You get it, and it, it give us, and it take us away. Well, like, the, I, mean, I mean, the two dudes from Marshall. Look what it did to Marshall. Yep. Look what it did to Marshall. We lost all kinds of guys in that portal at the beginning of the year, but we got some too. Yep. But we lost a lineman to Notre Dame. How much better would Marshall be if we had that guy that went to Notre Dame? 
Huh. Okay. Obviously, significantly better. better. Our offensive line, as good as people thought it was, I thought we had some weakness on one side of it, and it really showed when we played UAB. Yeah, it did. Dominated us. Couldn't run the ball. It was. You know. You know what's funny, Randy? Western Kentucky too. What's that? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny you said that because, like the UAB game, it was almost like things had just kind of stayed the same from from Doc. I almost feel like I watched the same game. That I watched in the Mac in the Conference USA Championship a year earlier, essentially. I don't care how good your running back is; he can't go anywhere if there's no running room. And you're and you've got nine dudes in the box, and you won't when you won't throw it. Hey, we kept I kept asking for the screen that day. You know that. I know. You got one screen, and it went for a touchdown. Yeah, I know. Hey, Randy, I'll tell you this, man. Let's 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 kind of hop into the uh, we've we kind of been. Being around the bush on some of these bowl pickums, but let's let's get in the meat potatoes here, which is why the herd fans are here for the herd hour here with with Randy, um, and we're talking the RL Carrier New Orleans Bowl. Let's start it off real quick here. It's it's the it's the fourth game of a quadruple header on ESPN, nine fifteen kick in the Superdome versus the number twenty three ranked Raging Cajuns. The spread there, Randy, is. The Cajuns are a five-point favorite, and the total is 55 um, in that football game. Give me just kind of your initial thoughts when you heard the matchup that, you know, Selection Sunday for the Bulls and kind of how it's maybe changed a little bit here over the last two weeks leading up to the game Saturday. Well, when I first heard the news, I thought, wow, what a great bowl opponent for Marshall. Yep. But what a downer for Louisiana that has to be. You know, no no offense to our, our beloved herd and all, but you know, a seven and five conference USA team didn't win its division and you're playing the seventeenth ranked team, uh Sunbelt champion. You know, you would like for bowl season to to give you an opportunity to play either a power five or another conference champion in your bowl. Um, so, so I'm thinking, you know, losing Billy Napier for, to Florida, uh, some of the things that are going on with them, maybe Louisiana is ripe for an upset. I'd... Maybe Marshall's up for it because, you know, it's the ranked team. You're going to be moving into the Sun Belt Conference. Yep, the fun belt. Fun belt, Randy. And you know, so, so it's an early, early preview of of what could be a good rivalry there. Um, but you're in Louisiana. You're you're in the Caesars Superdome. You're in New Orleans. Uh, you're going to have a lot of raging Cajun fans there, and you might have a team that is angry uh, that they've lost their coach, and, and those seniors want to go out winners. So, um, you know, I'm looking at it two sides of the coin here. It could go either way. I, I, um, I'm with you on that. I'm absolutely with you on that, Randy. It could go either. I mean, that's that's bowl season in a nutshell, right? I mean, if you're yeah, thinking about absolutely. picking this game, absolutely. you you, you, like, what do you, do? you probably but, sit there and wait for look at the first two drives, right, and then yeah. see how it's going, you know, and then you pick a side, obviously, if you're going to do that. Um, yeah, and quite frankly, you know, I was looking at that betting line, which what is it now, negative? What is it, four, four and a half? It's, what now, it's still showing five, Randy, for Louisiana okay. currently where I'm looking at it. But, I mean, let's be real. By the time it gets to Saturday night, 9-15, you could see a lot of steam on the Raging Cajuns. That thing could get up and creep up into the six range for sure. 
Possibly, possibly, no doubt. But, you know, they've got a quality football team. They're very good on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they they beat a really good Appalachian State team. Uh solid Appalachian State team that, you know, Marshall actually pushed in Boone, and that was probably one of Marshall's better games this year, uh, even though they lost on the road. Despite not stopping the run at all that game, Randy. Yeah, it got ran over, but um, you know, it'll be interesting, but I have to, I mean, I have to go with Louisiana at the end of the day. Uh, You know, they, they, they just, they've got good size, they're physical, um, they've won something like what is it, forty out of their last forty-four games. Um, you know they they've been on a roll, and I would just think that 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 senior class would want to go out on a high note. But Marshall's dangerous. I mean, you've got Rasheen Ali, you've got uh, Grant Wells when he's on can be a really really good quarterback uh, and, and do some things, and I think. Louisiana may be some of if there is a weakness, a couple of their weaknesses uh, are Marshall strengths. I think are Marshall strengths, absolutely. Yep. So you know, I, I'm anxious to see. I mean, of course, as a Marshall guy, I want Marshall to win. Always pulling for the herd. Uh, my heart says, you know, Marshall in, in a big upset, but at the same time, my head tells me, ah, eh, you know, Louisiana is going to do what they do and, and win this one and. Uh, uh, go out a winner in New Orleans. Hey, Randy, let's let's real quick let's real quick play play both sides of the coin here, okay? Yeah. I, my thinking on this is is for Marshall to pull this upset, they're going to need to run the football. Obviously, with Ali, they have the ability to do so, and I think for the most part, Louisiana on the ground, you know, they're also very strong. But more, but their rush defense, though, Randy, and they're giving up about 146 yards a game. If Marshall dedicates to that and then is able to ex- throw the, get the explosive plays in the passing game, you know, that's how they do it, right? Now, also, too, yeah, that, I, that's true. The, the balance but, that Louisiana has on offense, though, too, Randy, does scare me for Marshall. Although, I will say this Marshall defensively in the first half against West Kentucky looked absolutely phenomenal. And then the air came out of the, the balloon. When Wells happened. Now, here's one other thing I want to get on real quick, and then I want to get your take on do you think Marshall has the formula to pull that upset off? Obviously, A, you got to create turnovers too. But B, I just wonder, though, how does does the team kind of mentally crumble so much when one player leaves the lineup, right? I mean, you're winning 14 nothing. when Wells gets hurt. You know, he gets hurt at midfield. You're trying to be cute, unfortunately. I, I think that's the number one thing I'd say about that. You were shredding West Kentucky on the ground, and then you decide to try and get cute, throwing the ball inside your own end zone. You have to punt. Then you get the ball back. You try and get cute again. Wells is kind of trying to make a play and gets drilled, has to leave the game. Zabin comes in. You're not able to really ever get yourself back on solid footing. That concerns me some that Marshall could not – could not overcome the loss of one player. Grant's your quarterback, but that's yeah, tough. But, but and they crumble too, Randy, after the fourth and on. one with the spot I'm, as well. I'm going to say this. They came out that first quarter, and Marshall did exactly what it needed to do in that game with Western Kentucky, uh, keeping Zappy off the field, doing the things they were doing. Um, when you lose quarterback one, I don't care who you are. 
it's going to be deflating and it's going to affect you. Uh, very few people, uh, schools are going to be able to to overcome a loss of your starting quarterback. I, it's just the way things are. And when he left the game, you know, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of people after that game talking about, well, the defense gave up this, this, and this. Well, you know what? The offense went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Yep. Uh, to start the second half and gave them great field position against the best offense in Conference USA, one of the best offenses in the country, and quite frankly, I think an NFL quarterback, a future NFL quarterback, and, and you're not going to win a game that way. Um, the offense feeds off the defense. The defense feeds off the offense, and they were doing great. They were on schedule in that first quarter, and I think the coaches had a great game plan. Now, you know, you're talking about them getting cued and all this. But you got to throw. Marshall needs to be balanced to be good. No, let me Marshall ask you this, though, Randy, real real quick. And, and I understand you're, you're saying you got to be balanced because you do. But let me ask you this. When Rasheen Ali is literally shredding the opponent for eight yards a pop, and, they're, and you're, taking the, you're taking their will, you're, you're challenging their manhood, and then, and then you decide to – running an incomplete pass at that point? I, yeah, he had thrown at least one because the one incompletion <laughs> to Gamage was dropped. Uh-huh. Okay, along the sideline, well, he he was he was pretty sharp. He was uh, absolutely. Point. But but I think Marshall needs to be balanced to be uh, to be effective. And you know, it was just unfortunate that, that Wells got hurt on that play. And but yeah, you, you lose that guy, it affects it affects everything. Uh, that said. You know, Western Kentucky knew it had a, a ball game there in that first half, no doubt about it. But, um, and you know, Randy, half, like you just, put it up, and you said this best, I think, when you said the deflation of the team. Obviously, losing quarterback, you know, QB1 is obviously something that's tough to overcome. But I think also off of that, when Western Kentucky finally beat you over the top to start the second half, yeah. and it's 14 13, right? You know, yeah, and that's again, deflating. Okay, and then you do it again, and it's and, like, uh-oh. And the offense going three and out, putting the defense in a bad situation repeatedly, you know, it, it's going to take its toll. I think the best defense Marshall had against Western and anyone that, that's successful against them is keeping their offense off the field, you know. and But, but that said, you know, Western Kentucky – at the end of the day, was the better football team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And and quite frankly, when you look at Marshall's season and the teams that, that Marshall has beaten um, and then the, the losses, um, you know, I, I think there, there there's something to be said about the quality of competition, too. Um, when you look at uh, what is Marshall's best win this year? Um, uh, Randy, I'm going to go with... Would it be Old Dominion? I'm going to go FAU. I'll go FAU. Old Dominion finished strong. I mean, they, they yeah. won every game down the stretch. And, and, and if you'll recall, everyone was shocked when, you know, Marshall basically needed a, a late touchdown pass to pull that one out, and everybody was down. But Old Dominion's really come on strong. Is that our? Is that Marshall's best win this year? I mean, probably I mean, record-wise, I'd say you're probably right. When, when you go into the games, you know, we lost to a Middle Tennessee team that six and six. Six turnovers uh, that day, too, for the herd, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Turnovers at the beginning of the season were a nightmare. Lost to an East Carolina team after having a lead in the fourth quarter that, that that's going to a bowl. 
Um, I'll, I'll take partial blame for that, Randy, still. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, UAB was a decent, solid club, came in there. You had a lot riding on that game. You had the uh, revenge factor, and you're at home, and they couldn't win. And you're playing game. for the 75 that game, too. Yeah, and it's the 75 game. You lose to East Carolina at home. Uh, you know, against an old rival, uh, a team that you have history with. You should have beat App State. Uh, I mean, you'll, if you make a field goal, well, you know. Yeah, but you're at their place on the road. Oh, tough. Night, tough crowd. A game you could have won, though, very easily. It was. Um, you know, there were a lot of winnable ball games. Uh, was FAU the best win of the year? Was well, it FAU yeah, at FAU? I would have said that. I would have said that, Randy, until the way they but finished. Then, then they finished flat. Yep. You know, another one that honestly might have been North Texas. I mean, they finished the season great, and you kind of went yeah. down there and dominated them on a Friday night. Marshall, yeah, Marshall Clobbers North Texas. Yep. And then North Texas, at the end of the year, beats Texas San Antonio. Yeah, beat the Roadrunners. Beep, beep. The only loss, which is, you know, you just never know. But, but, but when you look at Marshall's schedule, we didn't play a Power Five. Um did not do so hot in the games that that really had added importance. The games that would have gotten you a division championship, yep. uh, they lost them. They yep. lost those games. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, when you're looking at the bowl game, this is by far the best team Marshall will have played all season. Uh, uh, Louisiana has to be. I think that might. I think that's fair to say, Randy, without question. So, um, so have they showed us the ability to play up and, and beat a really good football team? I, I don't think they have this year. So, and you're in their home state of Louisiana. So, I, I there's just a lot going on, I, and I'm not trying to be negative. Yeah, I'm just trying to be. A oh, real? Absolutely. That's what I'm we want. Trying no. to be a realist I, about it. And I think, you know, Coach Huff's put together a really good recruiting class on paper. Yes, absolutely. You know, everybody talks about rankings and all this, but I'll be the first to tell you, none of that matters. Tell me four and five years later how that class did, and I'll show you the best recruiting class in school history. You know, yep. uh, the best recruiting class, in my opinion, in school history you got to go back to 1995 to that group. You know, you look at what they did in 96, 97, 98, 99. They lose like the three games their entire career. That's the best recruiting <laughs> class in school history. I don't care what rivals said or 24-7 sports or anybody. Who, uh, who won the games? Good. Who won championships? Yeah, exactly. Those yep. are the guys. Those, all those NFL guys that ended up on those teams in the 90s, you know, uh, of course, recruiting's changed today. Things yeah. are a lot different than they used to be. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm the kind – you find out how good your recruiting class is about four or five years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The rankings now are just some guy with a clipboard who thinks he knows football that sees guys that might have some speed at a but, combine and then but, put up some stats. The thing, they, do, they do tell somewhat People of a story, bigger, though. stronger, faster. They, they work out differently. Um there's more schools. You've got the transfer portal now, so you've got this wide open transfer stuff going on. It's a different world. The game has changed dramatically. Recruiting has changed. So, oh, I mean the early uh, signing, early signing period. 
the free agency window itself, essentially, too, Randy, is crazy. And now you've got name, image, and likeness and everything that comes with that. So it's a completely different world. But, um, you know, getting back to the bowl game and stuff. Hey, Randy. You just never know. Real quick, though. Real, I I do want to hit on – I want to get back to the bowl game, but I do want to hit on something real quick you talked about. You're talking about the recruiting class, right? Yeah. How much NIL money do you think Cole Pennington's going to make down there? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I know when, back when I was in college athletics, that you know that was strictly forbidden. There's no way you know you would would have any endorsement deals for athletes and, and all that. So, but you know, being the son of Chad Pennington, uh, uh, probably. I think you could arguably say Chad might be the most popular Marshall player of all time if yep. you were to poll most folks. I think him and Randy. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think Chad wins, though. I think Chad wins. Amongst uh, the Marshall faithful, for sure. Amongst the Marshall faithful, absolutely, for, uh, you know, not just what he did on the field for a full, you know, five years in Huntington, uh, but also. Uh, all he did off the field yeah. and, and the way he was an ambassador for the university. So, um, yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome to see that, that his eldest son is, is going to be wearing a Marshall uniform and, and all of that. But at the same time, what a incredible burden on that young man. Oh, absolutely. You know, your dad's legacy and everything. He needs to go, blaze his own path of course and and you know all of those sorts of things he's not chad he he's cole and cole needs to be cole and 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 i think he has a chance to be a really really good good leader and so forth but uh uh i'm fascinated to see what's going to happen because i i think they recruited several really good quarterbacks i'm anxious to see how it all plays out now now randy if, if you can remind me here the, the other quarterback in the class that I've heard a lot of people talking about, they feel like is going to come in as a freshman and play. Can you give me a little bit of an insight on him? The, the Peter Zamora kid? Yes. Well, actually, there's three. Uh, there's that young man, uh, Harrison, from Ohio as well, um, who, who had some Big Ten offers. And then Peter Zamora from South Carolina, uh, he's a little bit smaller. I think he's listed at six foot. Uh, but but he played at a really big high school in South Carolina, put up some amazing numbers, and uh, the kid just just lit it up here in his senior year and his junior year, and uh, he has uh, he's already gotten a, like a really big following on Twitter among Marshall fans, and the kid says all the right things. Um, you know, wants to be at Huntington, uh, really bought in uh, to Marshall, it looks like. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to come in and compete. He he doesn't strike me, uh, based on his comments and the interviews I've seen him do, as, as someone who, who is expecting to be a backup quarterback for the next four years of his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, you just never know how things are going to work out uh, i remember when i was at marshall you know there were a lot of times we had a really highly ranked guy in a recruiting class and 
uh, everyone thought that, you know, this guy's going to be great. I remember Coach Pruitt. Oh, who was it? Hey, give me, uh, hey, like, give me a little Coach Pruitt Ryan. here. Give me a little Coach Pruitt with, with, with Coach your – uh, When we were, we were in the Mid-American Conference, I remember one year, and I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember which season it was, recruited a guy. I think he was out of the D.C. area, Brian Greenleaf. And I think he was a four-star – was supposed to be like one of the highest rated recruits in Mac history and in school history. And, and what do you know of Brian Greenleaf today? I've never heard of him, Randy. But you know what? Darius Watts and Josh Davis became really good football players. I know that. And, and Nate Poole and those kind of guys. Uh, so um, hmm. you, you just don't know. You just don't know. Until the lights come on and, and, and if the guy's going to work out or not. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, and you got to get opportunity, you know. I mean, that's that's as big as anything. And, and the chip's got to well, fall the right way. But it's also being in the right place at the right time. Yep. And, and having that, that intangible stuff that, that you don't see on paper or you don't see when you do 40 times and everything else. But, you know, just having that that special moxie about you, you know, like when Chad Pennington was on the field or, or Byron Leftwich or Randy Moss, uh, you guys like that, they have a certain aura about them and, and leadership. It's like they make the people around them better, you know, um, and, and they just have a work ethic and, and leadership qualities that you can't, you, you can't quantify. Uh, on paper you know you look at Chad Pennington's record as a starter I mean the guy won football games you know um, you look at Byron Leftwich and, and his leadership and what he was able to do you look at guys like uh, I mean dad gum Chris Crocker mm. uh, Max Yates uh, Larry McLeod Larry McLeod uh, Phil Ratliff, those guys. I mean, Albert McClellan, Albert McClellan, Vinny, was a hard worker, Vinny Curry, heck of a good football player, you know. Um, but it, it's hard to put a finger on it. What those special ingredients are? It, 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 it you can put a great athlete. But if in, in a good situation, but if they don't have the work ethic or, or some of those intangibles, it, it doesn't pan out, you know, for whatever reason. And you see it in the NFL too, you know, really good athletes, good players at one place end up not performing like you, you think they would. Look at the NFL draft, you know, all these number one picks and number two guys, number three quarterbacks taken, and they don't pan out. It's a lot about and system, then, Randy, you know? And then a guy like Tom Brady's take, taken in the fifth round, and he becomes one of the greatest ever. So, yep. you know. It's, it's right place. It's right time. It's the right yeah. system. It's, there, it, there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of times, I think it's team. I think it's putting the right team together, the people, the pieces. Um, you might not have two superstars, but you might have 22 uh, guys that fit together and, and and are amazing when you put those 22 together. So, I mean, I would take that 99 Marshall team and put it up against just about anybody because – you know, everybody talks about the offense and Pennington and all that and being undefeated and Doug Chapman and, and all that. But that defense was amazing 
with, with John Grace, Gerardi Mercer, Ron Pucci, those guys. I mean, they got after it, Gerardi Mercer. Defense, yeah, that defense was fantastic. You so, can Danny uh, Derricott. We can keep naming them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's twenty years ago still, and you can still name yeah, absolutely. them. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Great, great football team. Paul Tobiesi. It's one of those t- things too. If you go back to that recruiting class, that group was was greater as a whole than than any individual person. You True. Know, Chad got a lot of the attention uh, because he was the quarterback, and, and rightfully so. Rogers Beckett. <laughs> yeah, Rogers Beckett, great, great football player. I mean, there's just. When you look back on those things, it, it's just you feel blessed to be around it, but it doesn't happen very often. I told some people this year too, Blaine, UTSA, when they were undefeated, they had that field, didn't they? Towards the end of that, you know, their people, you know, their fans were all talking. We're going to go undefeated. All we got to do is beat North Texas, and then when it's hard to go undefeated, yep. I don't care who you are or what league you're in, going undefeated is special. You know, ask the 2014 Marshall team how hard it is to go undefeated. I mean, it just is. Yep. You look at, like, the, the 97 and 98 Marshall teams. Our 98 team lost that game at Bowling Green. Yep. A Bowling, Bowling Green team that wasn't even that good that year. Bowling Green was not nothing to write well, Like 4-7 and seven or something, right? By golly, on that, that, that Saturday in Bowling Green, they cleaned our clock pretty good. Yep. I mean, um, being able to travel on the road and win football it, games is it, a difficult thing to do. Hard. It is a very difficult thing to do. So whenever a team goes undefeated, that is amazing. And I don't care what league you're in. I don't care what your schedule was. If you can go undefeated, that's special. And it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And, Randy, you know, it's funny bringing up the 99 team. The image that still that lasts for me for that team Still to this day, in the in in the Pontiac Silverdome, I'm walking back down the the aisle. We're in the end zone. My grandpa had a nosebleed. We went to the bathroom real quick. Got it taken care of. We're walking back down to our seats in in the corner of the end zone there. And Doug Chapman takes the ball and just boom hits daylight and and goes all the way for the touchdown. And I still remember that and saying, "Wow, I mean, that was a special moment, in Marshall history." Um, and I, oh, great yeah, and, and and I still remember Kevin Kevin Fertig is still yelling at his lineman. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean he was, whoo he yeah, he I, uh, I he 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 was a little 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 uh little fired up that day. Yeah, I had run into Coach Edwards Lavelle Edwards. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame at the same time. One of our guys uh, was going in. Uh, Troy. And, or, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it was Troy or Mike Barber at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been Mike. And we were there, and it was back when the Hall of Fame was in South Bend, Indiana. And I got to to- talk to Coach Edwards a little bit, and uh, he he was reminiscing. That was his last game at BYU. Man. And, and you know, the, his lasting memory of that game was John Grace. Uh, Man, he, he was a heck of a player. Old Lake Obachobie. He talked about how good John Grace was and how the NFL really messed up on that guy. Uh, went on to a great CFL uh, career, but that <laughs> Coach Edwards kept saying, I'm telling you, the NFL messed up on him. He's one of the best linebackers I ever coached against in my career. I thought that was 
That's pretty amazing that's praise. Pretty telling, yeah. 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 You know, it's funny, Randy. I wonder if John Grace is playing now, if he is an NFL linebacker, because the way he could go sideline to sideline. Yeah, a little undersized, but you do see that now in the NFL. No, he, he's like a Dexter Coakley. I, I thought he should have been, uh, you know, NFL at the time, but, you know. Things happen. <laughs> higher. Uh, higher minds than me make those decisions, I guess. Yeah. Uh, high paying guys, but you know, I, I'd like to have eleven John Graces. Oh, I mean, really flew to the ball, always was in the right spot at the right time. Give me a Ron Pooji and a Gerardi Mercer and a Rogers Beckett and a Chris Crocker and a. Hey, Randy, I, I know last year, you know, you know, hey, friend of the program, first guest we ever had. I know we've had Major on now, Quincy Wilson, you know. But, yeah. uh, hey, let me let me ask you this real quickly. And I know our Marshall fans might not like those names, but sorry, we got to still throw them out there. Um, we talked a lot about that defense last year versus that 99 defense. What do you think this team is necessarily missing defensively on those pieces to get to that spot? Do you think it's the tempo they play with is just a little too fast or do you think there is something that can get them maybe that level here in the near future? Well, I, I think it, recruiting uh, will, will solve some of that. But, you know, they lost some really good players. It's true. I mean, Beck was incredible. The, the team from the year before and, and the team from last season, I thought, was exceptional on defense. Um, you know, with, with, with Coach Holiday and uh, – his staff and Lambert, yeah, uh, yeah, Coach Lambert, who I think is a really, really good defensive coordinator. Uh, but you know, you lost a couple guys uh, that, that went on, and you know, I think Marshall's in good hands. I, I think they'll be fine. It's just a recruiting thing. You're just going to have to get, get some guys in there, and a lot of it. Uh, you know, is injuries too. Guys get hurt, and I think a lot of fans don't realize the impact of, of losing a defensive lineman or, or a really good corner to an injury or safety. Or an O-lineman. Yeah, <laughs> there were some games this year where we didn't have all of our guys out there, and, you know, you lose a veteran, really good playmaker at one position, it can – it can really make a difference. It, it, it really can uh, do some damage or an O-line. And look at the portal, too. I mean, heck, before the season, I know everybody was high on this team and and, and having Wells coming back, but you lost a you know, conference player of the year at running back. You lost a offensive lineman. Now, the hey, hey, Randy, Randy granted, granted that op- you lost a conference player running, at running back. You probably upgraded yeah. though with Rashin Ali. Let's be honest. Yeah, but but let, let's let's be honest too. You, you lost you lost a really good linebacker. Oh yeah, uh, to the NFL. You lost a, 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 another lineman to the NFL. Uh, you lost a couple of your best wide receivers to other schools in the portal before the year started. Um, you know, so that all that matters. It, it really does, but. You know, I have a lot of faith in in the coaches that I know, like Ralph Street and uh, Shannon Morrison. Um, those guys. Um, hey, Ralph Street's a name we forgot earlier about on that defense, Randy. Uh, <laughs> There's another one, man. I'm telling you, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think they're not far off. 
Marshall really isn't far off. I mean, and look at this recruiting class. On paper, what we've got coming in, as opposed, I think the next closest school to us in in, in what will be the Sun Belt uh, next version uh, recruiting wise was Arkansas State. Several spots. Back. Really, Arkansas State yeah, was next. Arkansas State did a really good job recruiting. Um, but you look at the group of five in in the recruiting, and, and you, you include Cincinnati and, and Central Florida because they've not moved on to the Big 12 yet. Marshall's in that top group of group of fives. And in fact, I would argue on paper this recruiting class might be the best of, of schools that are still going to be group of five in the next two or three years. So if Coach Huff continues to recruit at that level – uh, a class that's like a top 50 recruiting class, then by golly, we should be uh, a perennial contender in the Sun Belt every single year. Oh, absolutely. Hey, hey Randy. Let so me, I think it'll be soon. Randy, let me ask you this question, though, real quick, just just on this just on this note, talking about, you know, recruiting a little bit. Top 50 class, correct? Yeah, I think Rivals has it at 47. That's impressive. Which would, which and, would make it the top class that I can remember. Oh, easily, right? I mean, uh, and, and you know what? Hey, yeah. let's I mean, be honest. Had, Doc did a hell of a job, but I mean, to be 47th, and that's what Huff, that was part of his thing coming in, right? You knew he was going to recruit yeah. well, but man, to be 47th, I mean, that's that's highly impressive. It's very much so, and you know, when your recruiting class is ranked higher than a lot of Power 5 schools, that's <laughs> That really, uh, you know, there's a big difference in budget there and recruiting budget. So that that's very impressive. That's I mean, a heck of a good job. That's but, uh, that resonates in terms of why a school like Duke wanted to talk to him, right? I mean, his ability absolutely. to recruit. He's obviously yeah. got an ability to connect yeah. with players that, and and yeah. make them want to come to Huntington to play in in Foam Belt 2.0, Randy. I mean, that's yeah. that's saying something. And, and and you know, he was known as a great recruiter. It's one of the reasons they, they brought him in and hired him, gave him the opportunity to be head coach. And he obviously is really good at building rapport with young people. And uh, he, he and his staff did a great job, um, you know, navigating it. And uh, we'll see how it turns out. You know, hopefully uh, everybody pans out and, and ends up being really, really good. And they bring some championships. Uh, to the herd in the future. It's about time for those to start piling up again, though, down in Huntington, Randy. You, you know? know, we need them. You know, I'm, I think I think something that, you know, I talked to my son and my wife about this uh, the last several weeks. You know, we were kind of disappointed uh, with with the way the season ended, the loss to Western I mean, Kentucky. Let's, we let's, let's be honest, Randy. Yeah. You were sitting there. You were sitting there coming in, like you said, down about that. But I mean, you're coming to the UAB game, you know, as a essentially a six and three team with everything ahead of you. You thought maybe a chance to win ten games still potentially, and now you're sitting there with a chance to be potentially even if you play a great game against Louisiana, seven and six. But go on, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah, I I was just you know I I wanted to be. You know, you know, we're just fans, and nobody wants to win games more than the players right, do. Right, right, absolutely. You know? Nick Saban will tell you that best, Randy. Yeah, the players work their butts off and all that, but I really, you know, it's you wanted, I wanted 
to see Marshall beat UAB because they beat us in the conference championship game last year. And I think anybody who's a fan who, who loves the school would say, you know, they're on their way out and they're headed to the American. And, you know, I would love to give them an L on their way out yep. the door. Well, and plus and, playing for the 75 in that game as well. And, you know, even besides that, you know, just, just looking at the clear, you know, Birmingham and, you know, where their program's going, moving to the American, that was one that you get a chip on your shoulder. You want to defend your home turf, get a little revenge. And, and when it doesn't happen, it's kind of deflating. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you still get hope because, um, you know, you had a winner-take-all situation. And then you have a winner-take-all situation with Western, and it's a school that you've got a rivalry with that you really don't like because several years ago they ruined your perfect season and a chance at what would have been possibly a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, I mean, they, they had peaches ready, man. We were ready for that Chick-fil-A truck to be parked up there in Huntington, Randy. And then for them to, to come in and, you know, have a chance to win that game and, and then it goes down the way it did. So, you know, you're kind of down. But at, at the end of the day, um, if you had told me coming into this season where they would end up, my, my hope would have been making it to the Conference USA Championship game. Yep. And well, because it would have matched what you did last year. And, and Huff always kept saying, yeah. Randy, they wanted Just to close the gap, the gap right? Close the gap. Yeah. Yep. Well, they didn't quite you know, do it. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Didn't work out that way. Ended up with the same number of wins um, as last season with with more opportunities. And uh, but again, first year head coach, you know, new dynamic, new new guys, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens if they can win this game against Louisiana. And get an eighth win, knock off a ranked team. That would be huge. That oh, it, would, that oh, would leave a better taste in your mouth. Oh, one thousand percent. And you know what else too would do, Randy? Springboard's essentially, definitely into twenty twenty two. But then, I don't know exactly how many more scholarship Marshall has out there to be had. But with the expansion this year to thirty two, you know, um, I mean, you never know. You might catch a few more eyes. Might get a couple more players potentially. The transfer portal changes everything, so you never know. Yeah, but I'd say they've got good momentum in this recruiting class. It looks like they've gotten some good folks. Um, you know, I'm excited to see next year what how it will all pan out, and if they're in the Sun Belt a year early. I, you know, there's no. some indications that might happen, and that we our our days in Conference USA will be over, and in football they'll be playing. Uh, in, in the Sun Belt next year, if that is the case, you know there's a lot of shuffling that has to happen with schedules and so forth. Hey, Randy, but let me let me ask you that real quick. Let me ask you that question. Talking about the fun, about talking about potential to go next year. We talk about this a lot about the Big Twelve and the situation and the SEC and everything like that. Do those dominoes are they not going to affect Marshall and the Fun Belt situation at all, or is that just kind of? You know, is that is that going to affect them? I think it would to some extent, correct, but not necessarily because of obviously the fact that you know the Sun Belt is not necessarily yeah, going to well, be affected by those dominoes. But yet, the TV money could be different. I find it to be intriguing, right? Yeah, it, you know, there's some un- unknowns about it, but you know what what's going on with Team A definitely 
can affect Team B over here. I mean, obviously, look what happened. Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC set off this entire uh, domino effect throughout college football right. that led to all this realignment well, happening and, and Randy. to begin with. But as far as conference scheduling goes, um, if you can get an agreement – uh, and, and everybody's on board with it and, and the buyouts or, or the buy-ins or where they need to be, you know, it would be in everybody's best interest to get to your new home as soon as possible. Now, it really would be. It definitely would uh, be, but let's be real about this real quick, Randy. The number one domino is Oklahoma and Texas again, and that's not happening next year. That buyout money is no. too extreme. But – and the but SEC contract not, ends in 2023 with CBS. That, that's the year. That 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 that's not going to really have bearing though on on Marshall, say, and, and what's going on with the Sun Belt or even the American. Right. Now, well, some somewhat to the American though, somewhat because of the the Cincinnati situation. Correct. Right. Cincinnati and UCF moving. Yes, that would affect that, but. You because know, then I that affects Conference USA. But for Marshall, though, they could go. Marshall and Southern Miss and Old Dominion going. Um, and then that would allow Conference USA to go ahead if, I think the, the linchpin there is if the NCAA does a waiver for the FCS programs that would be making a move. They've got to do uh, them for James Madison. I mean, what they're doing to them or, right now is criminal, to be quite honest. Or, or they, they play without the FCS schools that one year and just have a, a, a shorter league schedule. Um, which, you know, quite frankly, uh, if the American schools don't leave, which, like you said, probably won't happen because of the UCS um, situation and the Cincinnati situation waiting for the Big 12. Don't forget um, about UCF, Randy. <laughs> you know, Conference USA will have plenty of schools next year to compete, you know, even if they'll still be able to do their divisions. And, uh, you know, the and quite frankly, I think Conference USA, despite the losses, by retaining Western and Middle, will still have decent football. I mean, I know people don't want to hear that, but oh, they will. Uh, they, they also have Louisiana Tech, and and, and they're due for a rebound. Th- those are three historically strong group of five football programs. So they're not going to go away. No. They're going to be. I mean, they're, they're going to be there. Um, their their road just got a lot easier too. Yep. Absolutely. It really did. It just got a lot easier. Hey, hey, Randy, interesting that you bring that up. And we were talking about 2022. You do know one of the road games next year for the Herd, correct? Oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Week, yeah. week two at the Irish, the new Marcus Freeman-led Irish, then. That'll be really yeah. fun. Um, It'll be great whenever you get to go to a historical venue like that. Yep one of the sacred grounds of college football that, that's just a great experience for I'm, all of the people in your program Randy I'm not going to lie I'm already eyeing a trip never been to the College Football Hall of Fame I feel like that's well, one that you got to try and you won't be able to go to the Hall of Fame because they moved it to Atlanta that's right so you're right <laughs> that's right because you know what's funny I, as soon as I said that I remember yep. going down there for WVU Bye. game and knowing that it's there Bye. now Notre Dame is a really 
cool place to visit. Um, the campus is immaculate. The Golden Dome, Touchdown Jesus. Uh, it's a really, really neat place to go. And if you're a college football fan, uh, even if you're not an Irish fan, um, it, it's a neat place to be and to see. And uh, I, I hope to, to be able to make that trip next year and go up and watch Marshall play. Just, you know, whenever you get a chance to play a, a Notre Dame like that, that, that's great for your university. It's just, it's such a high level visibility. Um, You know, the game will be on NBC. The whole world of college football will be able to watch. It'll be on at 2.30, right in the smack dab middle of the day like Notre Dame likes to do. Absolutely, Randy. They do that peacock thing. um, I would hope not. It's so early in the season, I would feel like that'd be a game that you'd get on. Yeah. I would feel like... um, well, I tell you what, if Marshall beats Louisiana, that'll give us some momentum. That's true. Maybe that'll raise the well, profile and, of that game a little and, bit. And you know what else, too, Randy? Interestingly enough, you also have a game next year with App State, which, like we talked about, would be interesting for the for the scheduling aspect well, of things. So yeah, it must be a conference game. Yeah, and that you know, there's going to be a, some things that would have to move, and and I I would pray that they wouldn't lose the Notre Dame game uh, in any shuffling which uh, I don't think that would happen. No, I'm with you. I don't think that would happen either, Randy. Um, hey, let's 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 kind of real quickly bring it back to, to Saturday, kind of a couple keys, what you think is going to happen, and then also kind of we'll hit on a couple of these other bowl games, get a little a little quick take from you um, on a lot of these group of five bowl matchups before we get out of here. Um, okay. So, well, here's what I want to see. I want to see the Marshall team that played the first half against Western Kentucky before Grant Wells got hurt. I want to see a balanced attack where we're running the ball and and we're throwing the ball and our defense is just playing lights out against Louisiana and and controlling a little bit of the clock. And I think that, that, you know, if those things go well, then it'll bode well for Marshall long-term. What I don't want to see is the defense not able – to get stops on third down um, and, and the offense committing turnovers. Yep. And, and when I talk about turnovers, I'm not just talking about um, interceptions and fumbles. I'm talking uh, bad penalties at the wrong time, uh, you know, that they kill drives and things like that. Well, they need to be efficient and play really – if we play our best, I think Marshall's capable of winning that game. Absolutely, Randy, 1,000%. Then I'm afraid it could snowball, and Louisiana could really put it on them. Yeah, I, I think you're 100 right. Here's here's what I want to want to see from them Saturday, Randy. Clean football, running the football with Rasheen Ali, not making mistakes, getting Levi Lewis off his spot, making him have to improvise. Now he's an improv- he's a guy who's going to improvise anyway to some extent, but I, I don't want him to get comfortable back there. I mean, you look at his numbers this year; he's been phenomenal. He makes plays. They've got kind of a, an assortment of running backs back there. Their defense is solid. You just got to play play clean, be in the game in the fourth quarter. You have an opportunity to win. Um, and, and I do think Louisiana, to some extent, views this game, I think, Randy. I just I think the loss of Napier is a big one. He was such a driving force in that program. They were looking for the last four years to bring home a Sun Belt championship. They finally did it. Napier leaves the next day. Then they get the the word they're playing Marshall. 
I don't care that they're in in their home state. It's not in Lafayette. Um, they'll probably still have a good turnout, but you know, I don't think they're excited about this game. I think Marshall is. I think the bowl prep's been good as long as Wells is upright and they're not turning the football over. I think Marshall's got a really good chance, Randy, to win this game, and I think they might just do it. I want to also see. I would love to see I, I this. Like your optimism, but I promise you. There'll be a lot of raging Cajuns in that oh, dome. Oh, I'm sure. I'm it's sure there will be. a few years since they've been to the, to the Superdome. Bowl. Yep. Well, and also, and too, it's a Saturday night down it, there. So Absolutely. You're going to have thousands upon thousands of people in red, I promise you. And they will take over Bourbon Street. So so you're and, saying to me... You're, I'm telling <laughs> you, you need to tap the brakes a little bit there, big boy. Hey, well, here, here's, here's what I... Okay, time out. The fans will be excited. For the opportunity to get to have a good time in New Orleans, will the will the players be excited to play Marshall? I think that's more the question. You know what? I think once that that whistle blows and things get going, and uh, they've had a lot of success the last three yep. seasons. Yep. And yes, they just lost their coach, but uh, the guy they promoted is within is from within. Their own. He's from within. I cannot pronounce He's it, Randy. I can't pronounce he it. Is he is a Cajun man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. D- d- you know, it's and like I how Coach Coach O would say, "Go." It's got that X on the end of it. It's it's uh, beyond me. Yeah. It's beyond. Me right now. Um. It, it. And you know what? If Marshall he could use it as a springboard for himself, game, right? I mean, that's if the thing. Marshall does lose this game. There's no shame in losing to the number seventeen team in the country, the nope. Sun Belt champions that only lost one game this year. And, and the know? game they lost was the first game of the season at Texas. At that, I mean, right. when Texas right. still kind of had some expectations and was really playing football. Um, but we've got some good football players. We oh, really do. Absolutely, and, and they've got the ability. I would love um, to see one other thing too. More, out of out of them, Randy, in this game, that Marshall team I saw in the first half when I traveled to Annapolis this year, right? If we can get a little bit of special teams magic that we had early in the season, that would be oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just just hang on to the football, and you know it's cliche, and people say it all the time, but it's the truth. The, the team that doesn't turn the ball over and can run the ball, and, and they win. The run are going to win. This is the team that's going to win the the game. Right, you hear that all the time. It's true, it really is. It's a thousand percent true. The ball, and you can stop the other team from running the ball, and you don't turn it over. Then odds are things are going to be good for you. Absolutely, it's it's funny, Randy. We 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 had this discussion a few weeks back, and he said, "Would you rather have the number one ranked quarterback in the fiftieth best offensive line in the country, or?" the 50th best quarterback in the number one O-line. And I would take the 50th best quarterback in the number one O-line every single day of the week in college football. You know what I want, Blaine? I want the team that scores one point more than every team that That's what I want. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Hey, I just want to win. I don't care about the statistics, the individual stuff, as long as you win the football games. that That's what matters, yep. the scoreboard. Yep. And, you know, and you kept talking about how hard it is to be undefeated. Like, Louisiana lost think one about, game, first game. Know, think about like how, what year was it? Ninety-seven. Um, Danny Derricott. Um, Interception against Wofford, after, right? No, he goes after a field goal attempt. Wofford's kicking a field goal to win the game to upset our ninety-seven team, and Danny blocks the field goal to preserve the victory. 
with no time on the clock, and he wasn't even supposed to go after the kick. And, and he did, and he blocked it and saved the game. Or the Bob Pruitt coach, 97, heard that played Ole Miss in the um, Motor City Bowl. Motor City Bowl that year would have lost to Wofford out of the FCS. So, <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. It, it's football. It's yeah. funny. You know, it, it's a funny game. You just never know. Hey, and, and Randy, nothing's funnier than bowl season. Let's go ahead and make a couple picks here real quick. All right, let's do some picks, yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer it's the most wonderful time of the year. Bahamas Bowl. Noon on Friday, first bowl of the season. Our uh, our, our, our buddy from uh, Metro, Cal Wiggs, is the, on the radio call, by the way. Um, yeah, I heard that. Middle Tennessee State, 6-6. Six and great, six. What a great trip he gets. Yeah, for real, right? Middle Tennessee, 6-6. Yeah. Six and six. Toledo, 7-5. and five. We know Toledo's had the injuries this year. Toledo, 10.5-point favorite. Total is 49.5. I like the over there, Randy, but what are you thinking in the game? I'm thinking Toledo is just a better football team yep. at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you look at that, that, that spread, uh, you know, they're, they're just solid. Um, they've got a really good running back. What's his name? Kobach, I think. Yes. A real good running back. Uh, you know, they, they run the ball really, really well. Um, they have a dominant running game. Kobach kind of reminds me of uh, Rashid Ali a little well, bit. Yeah, as long as they don't turn the ball over like Marshall did against middle six times, um, I'd say Toledo wins that game, uh, you know, going away. Yeah, rather handily. I, I agree with you, Randy. Um, no, we hit on it a little bit there, but – the Cure Bowl there, um, you know, last year's Darlings, uh, the Coastal Carolina Chants, not going to be on the teal this year, playing against the MAC champion Northern Illinois squad, which took it to uh, the the boys the boys there from the east, the the Kent State Golden Flashes that had a great offense. Thomas Hammock, you know, former running back, uh, now the coach there at Northern, Rocky Lombardi, they're a tough team. That spread is 11 points, Randy, for Coastal, and the total sits at 63. Seems kind of high to me, but I know a lot of people are liking that total. What do you think in the game, though? The 6 o'clock on ESPN2. You know, Northern Illinois has a really good rushing offense. Um, I, I think only the three service academies ran the ball more than Northern Illinois did this year. Okay, but the thing is, Coastal... They shut down the run. They have the better defense by far. I think if you look at the Huskies, I think their defensive success rate was like toward the bottom of the country. It was in the 100 somewhere. Not great, Randy. I mean, they they gave up more points this year than they scored as a 9-14. and That's crazy. So, So, defensive... I, you know, I got to go with the team that plays better defense there. So I think Coastal Coastal will cover and win that one. Yeah, I think you're right, especially if Isaac Likely plays the tight end for Coastal. I think that's a huge advantage for them in that one. Let's get to the Saturday games here, Randy. An 11 o'clocker, 
the Boca Raton Bowl, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl with that. Um, 11 a.m. kick between the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, a team we talked a lot about here, and App State. New, kind of a fun game to me. The conference you're in, the conference you're heading to, both kind of rivalries in certain respects for the herd. App State is a three-point favorite um, in this one. They're 10-3. and three. You know, obviously Coach, Coach Clark, a G-Dub guy, um, yep. You know, and the way they run the football is real impressive. I'm not a huge fan of of, of Chase Bryce, to be honest, Randy. Um, but you know, the, the total at 67 there that seems really high to me. Even though Western can put up points, I think App State's going to come with a lot of defensive pressure. If Marshall could hold them down the way they did in the first half, I imagine Co- Coach Clark has looked at that film extensively and probably gleaned some things he can use against it. What are you thinking? Well. I like Appalachian State overall, but I also I, I really like Western Kentucky's passing attack. <laughs> oh, Bailey Zapp's I, pretty good. I, I, I know they lost that the, the game to UTSA, but they rallied back after some real stupid, crazy things happened to them. Uh, just just dumb things happened to Western Kentucky to shoot them in in the foot in that CUSA championship game. Um, but, you know, I'm probably going to get in trouble because, um, <laughs> uh, there are some GW connections there at App State and, uh, but at the end of the day, I think Western Kentucky pulls it out because of that offense. I think Western Kentucky is going to want to exercise their demons uh, from the CUSA championship game, and that offense is going to come out gangbusters. And I, I don't think Appalachian State will be able to stop it. They couldn't stop Louisiana. Yep. They had trouble with Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Western. I think Western pulls the upset. I really do. Hey, it's it's an interesting game now, Reno. We'll say potential for rain uh, down there Saturday, eighty-two degrees. That doesn't matter. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Are we sure Zappy's playing in this game? Is no. he now, let me let me ask play? you this, Randy. Off topic on this, real quick. And I don't want to go too yeah. into the weeds on it. Yeah. But why is a guy like Zappy even considering not playing? I mean, I feel like him him know. not playing hurts him more than it helps him. Not you know, like well, because I, I just want to go out there and say that any guy with, with the way things are now. There's guys that sit out because of the NFL, and I understand it. You know, there's a lot of money. If they get some kind of freak injury, it can cost them hey, a lot. Time out, Randy. And I get you, but here's what I, my question on that is. If you're Zap and you get a great a, – put on a amazing game and have great film to put on there, and the recency bias that you get from doing that against App State is more than you gain from what you've done before – and no, he's good. He is good, he's but good. but do you he's not the full body of work for the whole now, season? And now let me ask you this: real... I'm trying to blame this yeah. one game doesn't make a difference. Now, time out. One, know, they know what he's got. Now, granted, and and I get what you're saying on this. Now, here's my one other caveat and kind of the the exception to this rule: if you're in a if you are in a New Year's Six game, one of the big bowls, and you're oh, not yes. playing, now I have a problem with that. No, you'll play. You'll play. Well, some of them aren't. Uh, I mean, Kenny Pickett's probably play. not. And He'll Matt Corral is. This will be his last time to play with his offensive coordinator and those receivers that he was with, you know, that, no. that sort of thing. Is, but I'm is, just saying, hey, Randy, you can't really blame a guy. No, anymore. I'm with you. I'm with Now, is the OC, is he is he going to be there for that game? I, I heard that he's not. 
Okay, well, if that's the case, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that yet. But, but if if for whatever reason he doesn't play, then Appalachian State all day long. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, and you got to look <laughs> at the opt out situation here. It's definitely Franklin, a problem. Had those guys not transferred to Western this year, they're uh, they're bottom of the league again. They wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. they would have been no- nothing. Absolutely. 100% the case, Randy. Let's yep. let's hit on real quick here, New Mexico Bowl, the PUBG, by the way. I'm sure your son plays that game, right? Um, mobile, New Mexico Bowl, Fresno State, an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. They're 9-and-3 against UTEP, kind of a resurgent year out of Conference USA. 7-and-5 the Miners are. Um, the total is 51-and-a-half. I think Hayner and those guys – are going to put up some points. I really like the over in this game, even though UTEP defensively was pretty solid this year. Um, Fresno is probably not extremely excited to be there, but I, I think you got you got to lean with Fresno, right, in this game? Well, let's put it this way. The Miners didn't beat anyone with a winning record this year, and they haven't won a bowl game since 1967. Wow. Wow. What they've got going for them. Was Don Haskins still coaching the hoops team? Were they Texas Western then? <laughs> yes. But <laughs> now, what they've got going for them is I think UTEP's a lot closer to Albuquerque than Fresno is. I would imagine. So, so location wise, but, but yeah, Fresno State should, should win this game. Um, you know, but. UTEP really made strides this year and got a lot better. So did hey, good for them to be bowling. I mean, that was a that was a team that was lucky to win games in the past, and now to go bowling, great for them. Um, Definitely, definitely on that, Randy. Three thirty ABC kick here. UAB eight and four. The Dragon Blazers, as we like to call them here on the porch, taking on number thirteen BYU. The Cougars are a seven point favorite. Um, and the total in this game is 54 in the hook. I like the under in this game, Randy, big time. I actually don't think that UAB and BYU get this thing out of the 40s, potentially. I'm with you on that. Um, I actually think that BYU is going to win this game, but my heart, uh, my boy Ted Feely is the SID at, at UAB, used to be at Marshall. Uh, was one of my grad assistants, so uh, I gotta I gotta go with the fighting Ted Feelys uh, <laughs> with my heart here, and I think Bill Clark's team um, approaches it the right way. They try to eat the clock. They're big and physical up front. Uh, I think UAB might be able to control some clock, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the upset here. I think the Blazers squeak one out in a shocker. Hey, Randy, I, I love it. And I'll tell you this too. I kind of think this is a game where, like in bowl season, you take the money line with the dog because they could find a way. And how motivated is BYU to be there? You know, they're not. I would say That's not exactly at all. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking UAB. I think their running back's name's McBride, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes, you are correct. Wayne McBride. I think he'll have a big day, and I think that they will. They will try to uh, dominate time of possession, run the ball, get physical, BYU, a little lackadaisical. Of course, they might be mad that, you know, they they beat, what was it, what were they like? Ten and two. One against power five opponents this year. Pretty good. I mean. <laughs> they, might be, they might be a little mad. Well, let's put it this way. Solani Sataki got the, the extension, too. 
I mean, why you win by like four touchdowns. But it's a possibility. Uh, it's, like I said, I'm going with the heart on that. Let's put it this way, Randy. It's going to be either BYU blows them out or very close, and I think the Dragon Blazers find a way. Also to right, note in this play. thing, uh, their hoops team is playing the Mountaineers about halftime of this, so I'm kind of happy about that. Maybe the UAB faithful won't be in Birmingham, and Hugs crew can sneak out a dub there on the road. Um, 545, Randy. Lending Tree Bowl. Eastern Michigan, the factory, uh, playing Liberty. Intriguing game, for sure. Uh, Down there in Mobile, Liberty a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total sits at 58. I think Malik Willis is just too much to handle in this, right? Is Willis playing? Is Willis playing? (sighs) I guess that's a good question, right? As far as I know... If he plays, then... I think the Eastern Michigan defense ranked toward the bottom in passing defense this year, and, and I give Liberty, you know, a win. Yeah, going to be in trouble if he doesn't play, though, yeah, I think. Now, now, if he doesn't play, then I think, you know, it's a toss-up. Yep. Eastern Michigan yep. might be able to get him. Absolutely. Randy, the seven thirty game following on ABC, actually, Utah State uh, and Oregon State is going to follow the UAB-BYU game, the Jimmy Kimmel-LA Bowl. Um, wild to say that's the name of a bowl game, but um, Oregon State, you know, the Power Five team, a seven point favorite in this game. They did well to compete in the Pac 12 this year. I like Utah no State way. personally, I love I, it. I am, a, I am a lock. I say the Aggies take them out. This well, is you, t- it, this is in your wheelhouse, Randy. You love the power, you love, you love they, hating on the Power won Five. Seven of their last eight to end the season, and they destroyed San Diego State in the Mountain West Championship game. It's embarrassing that they have to play Oregon State, quite frankly. I think Utah (laughs) State wins this game, and they're a seven-point underdog. I say they win by double digits. Utah State all day long. Randy, I love love your enthusiasm. I love your enthusiasm on it. Let me say this real quick. I agree with you on the plus seven for Utah State. (laughs) The The 67, the hook, is a big number. I think that might be a play I'm looking under on. Here's one thing I will say. The running back, Oregon State, B.J. Baylor, very good player. Utah State kind of struggles against the run. That could be something that rears its ugly head against the Aggies. Let me tell you something. The Aggies are big time. They live on the big play. They are all about giant chunk plays. I'm telling you. There's going to be some massive big plays in this ballgame for the Aggies. Yep. And I, I just uh, Oregon State's in the world of hurt. I'm just going to tell you that yep. now. Well, world and you know, I think they're going to be real motivated to play in that game too. Minutes go in the third quarter. I'll be shocked if Oregon State knows where it is. <laughs> they're going to be wanting. I mean, it is in Vegas, so staying state. You know, who knows? There you go. Hey, you go. Randy, we got we got real quickly here. Just a couple more doing the pre-Christmas ones here. Old Dominion Tulsa Myrtle Beach Bowl. Tulsa's nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, the total sits at 52 in the hook. What do you like there? I'm telling you right now, Old Dominion came on like gangbusters at the end of the year. They really did. And they won out to get bowl eligible. I don't care what the records are. I don't care. I mean, the Monarchs started one and six, and they flipped it, okay? They flipped it. And I'll tell you right now um, – it doesn't take that long to get from Virginia Beach to Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. And Old Dominion fans are going to be excited. 
They, they won their last five games. Um, everybody's going to talk about Tulsa in that one, but in Tulsa's favored and, and, and all this and the American Conference, yada, yada. But I'm going with the future Sunbelt team to knock off Tulsa in the Motor in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Hey, I'm going with ODU. It's on the teal, Randy. I like Ollie Jennings as well coming on there for ODU. Like you said, they played well. They're 9-3 versus spread, so I really like the plus 9.5, especially if it steams up more by Monday, kick at 2.30. Um, I will say this. Tulsa did do a hell of a job to get bowl eligible there at the end of the year, winning three straight. Although the teams they beat, though, other than SMU, weren't great. They did play Cincinnati tough. I think I'm with you, though, Randy. I kind of like Old Dominion there. Their ability to I run just, the ball. I just have a feeling blank. Yep. I mean, and they stopped the, the run, right too. Probably take Tulsa, but that's the but one. I don't think I'm in my right mind. I'm <laughs> going with the I think I'm with you, though, on that, Randy. I think Old Dominion's going to be way more motivated to play that football game than Tulsa is. Um, Doubleheader Tuesday on the 21st, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, 3.30 kick, you know, on the blue in, in Boise. You got Kent State with that offense, Dax Crumb orchestrating that thing. I mean, they fly around versus Wyoming. My dad's fighting Cowboys there at 6-6. Six and six. And Mr. Voliday, uh, you know, that running back they have there is very good. I see a lot of points in this game. The total's 59. Wyoming's a three-point favorite. Where are you leaning there, Randy? Everything you said is true, but the blue turf, Wyoming's used to it. They've seen it. That stuff hurts your eyes. It really affects you. Um, the altitude difference, everything up there. Um, I'm going to go. Wyoming's going to win the game. Uh, you know, I like Dustin Crum. Uh, I don't think he played real well the last couple games of the year, but I think the Kent State defense leaves much to be desired, and that, that's a long way to go out there. Yes. And uh, not that far for Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming's used to playing in Boise. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the favorite in that one. I like it, Randy. The next game, the, the second of the doubleheader that day, probably one of my favorite games of the entire pre-Christmas bowl season for sure. The Roadrunners, now not ranked, 12-1, and taking on the San Diego State Aztecs at 11-2. and They're number 24. UTSA is a two-point favorite, by the way in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl down there in Toyota Stadium in, in Frisco, Texas. Totals at 49, Randy. I think this game's going to be a phenomenal football game. I cannot wait to see Frank the Tank cheesing it at quarterback and Sincere McCormick going against those Aztecs. They looked bad in their last game. They kind of were a smoke and mirror team there through part of the, uh, the, the Mountain West conference schedule anyway. I kind of lean UTSA, but that's a tough game. Well, you know, low confidence on this one, Randy. I'll tell you that. Can't wait to watch it. But that, like, on the I one to thirty-two, probably like a two I, for me. I, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I think UTSA had a great year. Obviously, Conference USA champion. They're playing uh, in their home state, um, San Diego State. You know, got roughed up in the Mountain West Championship game. Um, so, but you know, when, when you look at all all things considered, um, UTSA is only about five hours from there. They're going to have a massive fan presence. 
and I think that'll probably give them a little bit of an edge. So I'm going to say Texas San Antonio, uh, but I don't know if they cover. I think it might be like one of those one point games. <laughs> okay, hey, the coach, 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 trailer man. I mean, they're tough. I, I'm with you. I kind of like the Roadrunners there. Beep beep. Um, Wednesday, December twenty second. Now. Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. You got Army coming in there, eight and four versus six and six Missouri. Um, totals fifty seven. Randy, that game is being played at a an Amon G Carter Stadium, the home of the the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, like we said, Army's a four point favorite in this one. Fifty seven. I kind of like Army. I think it's a tough offense to prepare for. Missouri struggles against the run. They give up 229 yards a game defensively against the against the ground on the ground game. I just I don't like this matchup for Missouri. They probably have more talent athletically, but I think Army's going to want to want to win a bowl game after losing that one last year in the Liberty of the Mountaineers. So I'm going to roll Army in this one. You know what? I'm going to go Army too. It's the Armed Forces Bowl. It's West Point. I don't think Missouri's going to be super excited about it, to be honest with you. No. Um, and you're right. That offense is tough to prepare for the way they run the ball. Um, that said, Navy was able to stuff Army now, last week. they see it all the time, though, Randy. Missouri does not. That's true. That's true. And Army so, guys are going to want to get a little – that taste out of their mouth, you would think, too. I'm, I'm going to say Army by three. <laughs> so you're taking Missouri with the points there, Randy, I see. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying Army by three. Okay. Find a way. Okay. Um, the next day there, Thursday, to tw- December 23rd, the Frisco Football Classic now. Miami, Ohio, North Texas, a 3-30 game there, Randy. So many bowls. Oh, man. But you know what? It's amazing Good. that Frisco has two bowls. Got to give it to him, man. <laughs> Um, it really is amazing. Um, you gotta love Austin Ani the way they came on there at the end. You know, essentially running the table after the Marshall game to get in this bowl game. Miami, Ohio, you know, lost a heartbreaker to Kent and not playing the in the MAC championship. I think there's gonna be points scored. That over at 54 seems extremely low. Um, I couldn't tell you a side either way. I like the Tory kid at running back. I don't love the uh, the the way my Ohio's offensively goes, Brett Gabbert was pretty good this year, but I kind of lean with, uh, with, with the mean green there of North Texas in this one. The other guys were in the Kelly green. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Blaine, I can't root for Miami of Ohio. <laughs> oh, moo uh, you. I don't blame you. It's just not possible. Yep. Um, now that said, something that I take great pride in, and I actually researched this before coming on this podcast, um, Miami has not beaten an FBS team from outside of the MAC since 2011, okay? So, wow. Do you know the team they beat? Miami has not defeated an FBS team from outside their conference since 2011. They beat Army in 2011. That's the last <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. 2011. It's 2011, yeah. And I'm going to repeat that again. Miami of Ohio, Ben Roethlisberger's alma mater, has not beaten an FBS team from outside of the MAC since 2011. I think it's Beetlejuice style, Randy. I think he's showing up now. So North Texas. North (laughs) Texas. And not only does North Texas win, 
But they put it on them. Spread's ridiculous. North Texas wins by like twenty one. I love it. I love it. Um, and and just again, if you didn't hear this, Miami Ohio has not beat a team from outside of the state of Ohio <laughs> in the FBS since twenty eleven. Um, let's get the two teams that are from the state of Florida, though, Randy, in the Union Ooh. Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, the former Herd Ooh. Bowl site. There, you got Florida and UCF. UCF, by the way, in this game, Randy. Six and a half point dog in a fifty-five is the and, and the hooks the total. Give me the over and give me UCF. Not a chance that the Gators win this game. It's a sold out Gasparilla Bowl. Too. Ooh, yes, sir. Right. It's a sold out Gasparilla Bowl at the old sombrero there, Raymond James. There's, there's Marshall family connections in this one. Um, our boy Brad Helton and his wife Tara. Brad was a longtime videographer for the herd, who is now at Central Florida. Tara worked in our academic program at Marshall for many years. She's now at Central Florida. Um, two of the greatest people in the whole world. So you have to root for UCF in this one if you're a Marshall person, because it, it's our extended family in that one. So I'm taking UCF to take out the Gators in this one. I like it, Randy. Favored, but um, you know what? I, I don't think it. Let's be real here, real quick. Florida's kind of a bit of a dumpster fire there. I mean, Eli Durkowicz, the Missouri coach, pulled out the uh, went Jedi on him after Mullen did Darth Vader the year before, now, and then he UCF got fired. UCF's not their normal. They've lost a lot of guys. That's true. Injuries. But I, I will say this: King. Out. That's true. That, that real good defensive tackle but, they have, uh, Kalia Davis is yep. out. That they lost a linebacker. You know they've got some people. That's true, and I guess that's probably uh, why now, the and Florida Richardson their quarterbacks out too. Yep. So, but hey, I will say this: I really do like the uh, the quarterback who came in to replace Gabriel and Mikey Keene. There, that freshman out of Arizona, he was playing well there at the end for UCF. I think they're more motivated to play in this game and win it. Um, I'm gonna go with the Golden Knights and kind of get them yep. geared up for Big yes. 12 play here in a couple of years. Well, group of five, hey, you know, hey. group of five team. If it's close, I'm always taking the group of right, five because right. you know that's where your heart lies, Randy. <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, two more here: Christmas Eve, Melikalikimaka, Easy Post, <laughs> Hawaii Bowl. Melikalikimaka is the wise way. To say Merry Christmas to you. Melikalikimaka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. And yeah, we you just heard the music as well. Melikalikimaka. Um, Memphis, Hawaii. Six and six versus six and seven Hawaii team. I believe they added a bowl game so Hawaii could get into this bowl. Um, that is correct. Memphis is a seven and a half point favorite in this one, Randy. Ridiculous. I, Absolutely. I ridiculous. love Memphis in this game. Uh and I like the total over fifty five in the hook. Serious? I think that's the easiest. You're loving Memphis in this game. Yes. I love Sean Hennigan. <sighs> I okay, like first of all first of all, Memphis was one and four on the road this season. One and four. And they've got to go to Hawaii. Randy, have you seen Hawaii's Rainbow pass defense Warriors though? Hawaii's pass defense is atrocious. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's Christmas Eve. It, it's Aloha time. I mean, it's all about the Rainbow Warriors in this one. So yeah, go with with your fancy Memphis team, and I'm gonna call Hawaii. Not only does Hawaii win, but they win big. Okay, Hawaii. hey, but let me tell you this real quick, Randy. I am definitely gonna take the over in this one, hammering the over. 
um, in this game. That's probably what I'll actually play, not the side. <laughs> Christmas okay. Christmas Day game here, Randy, real quick. And this will be the last one here. The game Marshall played in last year, the Tax Act Camellia Bowl. Um, down there in Montgomery, Alabama, Georgia State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total sits at 50. I actually really like Georgia State. Like the Granger kid at quarterback, they were coming on there, a, a future Sun Belt foe there. Um, they won three in a row to get to, to this point. They beat Coastal at Coastal 42-40. Um, I really like them. Now, Ball State does have that yeah, running back who uh, looks like Thor, and he's pretty cool looking, pretty kind of kind of a fun deal. But their defense is not very good. Um, and I think Georgia State's is, is is a much more solid, complete football team. I'll go with the Panthers to win this thing, and I'll definitely take um, them to cover that four and a half as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with Georgia State as well, uh, the Sun Belt team over the MAC team in this one. And, you know, like you said, that win over Coastal Carolina, and uh, they've got some good positive mojo going there. And I, I still think Georgia State's one of those sleeping giants that, that could eventually become. Hey, Randy, you talk. Time school. They could. And, you know, you think about it. I mean, Coach Bill Curry kind of started that thing up, and they've. They've been moving in the right direction. Um, Absolutely. And hey, and you know what else is great about it, Randy? We get a break from NBA on Christmas Day to watch some football, so that's great too. That's right. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> hey, and then again, and we love football. Oh, hey, I we mean, we love college football. football. Can't go wrong. And then also to one other quick one there. I know we talked about Marshall. I love the over in that one, fifty-five and fifty-five. Love the over in the herd game down there, Randy. Hey, thank you so much for stepping in here on the porch, talking a little herd hour. Doing some bowl pick them. Hey, I will definitely, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get you back in here sooner than later to talk about these these post Christmas bowl games as well, there, buddy. Sure, anytime, Blaine. I hey. really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, uh, brother. Have a merry Christmas. Yep. I uh, hope all's good with you and your family, and and go herd always. Hey, same same here, Randy. Go herd there on Saturday night, and uh, merry Christmas to you and yours as well, and everyone out there listening on the porch. Till next time, y'all, take it easy. Thanks for listening. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year